Welcome to It's Out of Here, the podcast where two Mets addicted know-it-alls spew misinformed opinions every week. My name is Benny, and I'm here with my co-host, Jay Hen, and producer Mouse. Today, we are privileged enough to have our first ever Mets prospect, the number 15 prospect in the organization, left-handed pitcher in AAA, Josh Walker. Welcome, Josh. Hey, you guys doing? Happy to be here. Happy to have you, man. Um, you know, you're going, you guys got a, a nice homestand here and uh, let's jump right into it. So uh, let's let's start off with uh, taking it back. You know, it, you were uh, came out of college or you got drafted out of college, you know, pretty late. And, um, you know, it definitely probably motivated you to have a, a chip on your shoulder. Can you, you talk about um, your draft experience? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh the draft uh, back in 17, summer of 17, I was actually uh, out playing in the Futures League. I was in uh, Massachusetts playing with uh, Worcester Bravehearts. And uh, I had, uh, right before the summer season started, we had a uh, Mets pre-draft workout after they watched me throw a little bit in the season at uh, New Haven. So I knew there was some interest from a couple teams. The Mets were kind of like the, uh, the front runner as far as that goes. But uh, it wasn't, like, huge interest. I was just a big lefty having some success. I think they saw potential, and I performed well at the pre-draft workout. And um, so I was actually – we were in the middle of our games. I think we were, like, two two or three weeks in when uh, when it was time for the draft. The first, first uh, round started, and then uh, that went by. Um, and into the second and, and third round, everything of, of draft days. And I was actually taking uh, shagging BP out in the field during a game. We were away and uh, our coach called us in. We know it was getting to the later rounds and I was kind of getting a little nervous, you know, wondering if the opportunity was going to, you know, not present itself. Uh, I was, you know, getting uh, getting a little butterflies, getting a little bit uh, anxious about it. But uh uh, coach called me to the dugout uh, and kind of like knew what was happening. And one of my like best friends that I played with Tommy wall Ravens since I was 12 years old, he kind of like obviously knew what was going on too. So uh, when the coach called me in, like he knew that and when he st- I started jogging in and he ran up to me and like jumped on me, like knowing, uh, knowing what the news was. And then, uh, and then yeah, our coach uh, gave me the news and it was, it was pretty great. Even though it was, it was a late round, but I mean, you know, ever since a little kid, it was a, uh, the dream is to play pro ball, you know, and uh, and to be able to have that opportunity, then be right there and uh, have my name called even in the late round was was awesome. It was a blessing getting to tell my family and friends. My family was over the moon about it, obviously happy for me. You know, they've been there through every step of the way. So kind of making it to that point was was huge because I uh, early on, I, I wasn't like a huge high school prospect or anything. And you know, I had a, a good frame. I was a tall left-handed pitcher, so that played for me. But I wasn't, you know, laying up the radar gun or anything, having any huge deal on offers or, or uh, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, it's fair to say it's a little bit of an underdog story. Yeah, a little bit. And I had, uh, I don't know, I got a little overwhelmed first going into school. I went to South Florida first, and I kind of had some like I actually had a little like stint with the yips a little bit which kind of like messed with my mechanics so it was a long battle with that I had that for for a while kind of going back and forth and uh, it kind of uh, feel like hurt my development through my college career but it was just trying to fight and work hard through that and kind of uh, you know do what I needed to do to you know 
try and get drafted. Like I said, that was a goal since I was, you know, yay high. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a crazy experience because there was a lot of, a lot of lows and some, and, uh, you know, highs here and there, you know, trying to battle through, uh, it was a, it was a mental battle almost, but that kind of leaked into my mechanics, you know, and kind of, uh, affecting me that way. So I kind of had to battle back and figure out, you know, how I was going to make it happen. And, uh, and so I feel like that was like a big reason I was under the radar was because I wasn't like, you know, lighting up the stat books or anything like that. I was, I was kind of, uh, trying to find myself through that time. And, and it was kind of a uh, perfect timing where I was able to, you know, figure some stuff out and, you know, and get, start getting guys out efficiently and had a good year in college and kind of the stars were aligned and, the and I was able to get drafted and all I needed was, you know, that opportunity. And so since then I was just been trying to run with it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, just that's an awesome draft story. Um, just going back to when you were younger, but where was it true you were a Yankees fan growing up? Uh, yeah, I was born, I was born into that. Uh, my grandpa, my father and all his uh, brothers and sisters are all huge Yankees fans. So I was, uh, you know, born you know, I have pictures of us, you know, like two years old, cool Yankees cap on. We'd be going to uh, going to the Bronx to catch games every summer with my uh, dad and my two brothers, our whole family. Every like World Series, we'd have like a setup in the living room. We'd like make signs as like little kids, and we'd be watching. Uh, always going uh, going nuts over the Yanks and just dreaming, dreaming of playing. You know, uh, playing in the Bronx yeah, and everything. Like Pettit, right? What's that? It's like that was prime Andy Pettit, Jeter, A Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brothers, my brothers are both uh, right-handed infielders, so Jeter was like uh, he was their idol, you know. And I, I, I love Jeter too, but you know, I was more like into Andy Pettit. He's uh, yeah. about one of the one of the guys I've I've looked up to my whole life. Uh, so, so yeah, we were huge Yankees fans, and you know, every time we go to TV, we all of us would just be picturing ourselves in that position, being there. So it's cool to cool to have a taste of that and be working towards that now, you know, all these years later and uh, trying to uh, see that dream come to fruition. Just to go off that Pettit comment you just made, was there anyone besides Pettit or maybe just Pettit that you kind of looked up to and modeled your game after when you were growing up? Uh, well, my favorite player uh, was Paul O'Neill. He was uh, – my mom, like, to this day calls me Paulie because, like, when I was younger, I would always, you know, be like – Getting, getting mad if I'd be getting out or whatever I, I would be really hard on myself and uh and he he coincidentally was my favorite player and he was always kind of uh, notorious for his uh tantrums here and there it was funny but uh he always played the game hard man and just like wanted to wanted to be the best uh and just like hated failure and you know never never pointed the finger and blaming this person or that person was always just uh wanted uh, perfection out of himself and that's kind of you know, so the way I've always been throughout my career, even, uh, you know, through the highs and the lows, just kind of demanding perfection out of yourself, even though kind of that uh, that pursuit of perfection never really ends. It's uh, it, it, it goes day to day, you know, always trying to get better because uh, perfect isn't really an attainable goal, but trying to get there, you know, every single day. Like I said, it's just an endless, endless process. And so, uh, yeah, so that was that was my guy growing up was was Paul O'Neill. Pitcher would be Andy Pettit. I, I love love Pettit and, that, you know, who he is, how he conducts himself, how he went about his business, you know, his whole demeanor. Uh, but, yeah, so those are my two guys. I mean, if you can, you know, get your pickoff move to be half as good as Pettit, <laughs> you know, that obviously will help you. 
Yeah, for sure. First, we're trying to keep guys off the bases as it is, but yeah, and then, yeah. If, uh, as far as the pickoff move goes, he's one to try and emulate, that's for sure. For sure, and just on a statistical note, you know, the Mets have had one of the uh, worst pickoff rates in like the last five, successful pickoff rates in the last five years, so you know, when you get up there, it's definitely something to uh, keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, little parts of the game like that end up making a big difference. They've uh, they've definitely, uh, you know, emphasized that, you know, controlling the run game a lot, you know, and uh, throughout the organization over the past couple of years, highlighting on those statistics and trying to be better with that, with our timing and holds and picks. So, uh, you know, that guy's working on that a lot. Mixing that up. What's that? Stroman does a great job of like mixing up hitters timing. Oh yeah. He's one of the best, you know, especially, uh, you know, all his, uh, his holds, his pauses, you know, the way he goes through his delivery, he's, he's, uh, an artist with it. You know, it's fun to watch. So yeah. somebody, somebody definitely to take notes from. So we're going to jump a, a little bit off of the professional experience now. And, you know, it's obviously a sensitive topic, but you, uh, we read that, you know, you unfortunately got into a car accident that was a, a big setback and that's, you know, that's a catastrophic event off the field. Could you talk about what that experience was like and that setback to you mentally and physically? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, as I said, you know, as I was talking about before, kind of like my the mental kind of struggle I had, like kind of battling back from that was uh, a big kind of hurdle to get over on its own. So, and I felt like I had kind of like gained good traction. I had kind of a tough short season year. My second one, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go out, you know, and like, I'm going to make this happen. Like whatever I got to do. I had a good, good, like pretty decent short season year and a little bit in Kingsport and then in Brooklyn. And so uh, going into the next, that next spring, I was like determined to like make a bigger jump. Like, all right, I have to set myself apart now. So I, w I worked hard that off season and, and um, I was able to, to skip Columbia and go to St. Lucie after, you know, the month and a half of spring, which went, it went really well. So I was happy with that. And uh, the car accident actually happened right in our opening series. We had two home games and two away games against the same team as like one series. And then, uh, Right after that, a six game, another uh, four game series out on the other side, on the Gulf side of uh, Florida. So we played those two games. I was slotted to throw either the fourth or fifth game. And um, so we were, me and a buddy were just taking the, uh, the ride into the facility to, uh, to catch the bus, you know, to go on that road trip. And that's when the accident happened. So I hadn't even got to throw the first game that I was supposed to throw for the year yet, which was pretty disappointing. But, uh, you know, it was so that that was kind of tough. It was like I took a step forward in spring and then I wasn't really able to, you know, take that right into the season. And uh, I was kind of optimistic. I was like, all right, I'll grind out rehab uh, and try to make it back and salvage the rest of the year. And um, it was just uh, it just stunk that it was like something off the field that kind of took me away from everything instead of, you know, normal, like, all right. You know, I was working hard. My arm just happened. Something happened, this or that. You know, if it's baseball related, you know, it stinks, but it's understandable. But some off the field, it's kind of just like, you know, why this have to happen? You know, but uh, always been a big believer in everything happens for a reason, you know. So, uh, so he's working hard in rehab. Then, unfortunately, kind of, uh, you know, halfway through the summer, um, we kind of figured out I had a nerve issue. My, and uh, my nerve was bouncing over my bone, I think, from like the impact. Uh, when I got T-boned that it might have bounced the nerve out. And then after that, it was just, 
every time I throw and go externally rotate, that nerve would be bouncing over the bone and just like be buzzing through my forearm, giving me pins and needles. So ended up having to get that surgery at the uh, end of July. And that pretty much sealed the deal on my summer. So the season was done. And then, uh, and then that was that. And it was just rehabbing afterwards. But that, so that was kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth, you know, some outside of baseball that caused that. But I kind of was just trying to use the time, you know, to work on, uh, work on the mental side of things, you know, being able to stay focused during all those days where you'd go in and you'd just be doing like minimal exercise and, and then you'd have 12 hours to sit around the rest of the day because there's not much you can do, you know, when you're, when you're rehabbing, you only have, you know, a set of, you know, maybe lifts. And if you're even throwing at that point, what you can do. So it can be a huge uh, test uh, on you mentally, you know, just to stay locked in, see the, uh, the bigger picture, you know, and the goal, the goal ahead of you and not uh, dwell on like uh, the here and now in those days where you're just, struggling, wishing you were playing, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, this and that. So uh, that was a big hurdle. But, uh, but yeah, but that's uh, – it happened. Just kind of had to accept it and then make the best of it and just keep moving forward. Really interesting to have – I mean, hear about your story with the yips and then now with, you know, the accident off the field, obviously. Two big hurdles to get over, but obviously it's something that you seem to have done very well and now bouncing off of that obviously very well but it's been a very interesting year for you I'm sure not many players make the jump all the way from single A to triple A in the same season so how has that been on you? two months yeah in a, in a short span so how's that been for you going from high A to triple A in just a short span and uh, what have you necessarily been doing to improve and what do you think has led to your success to go from high A all the way to triple A this year uh, well, definitely the back to back. Well, having that off year in 19 and then having COVID hit in 2020, you know, being at that point, I was then, you know, I was 25 years old in, in 2020. And like now, knowing like another season was gone, I'm starting to think like, you know, your mind starts racing, what's going to happen? Like, like, am I still going to have this opportunity? You know, there were so many unknowns with, uh, with COVID. And then that was the second, second season in a row I wouldn't be playing. So it kind of, uh, it kind of became, you know, a crossroads uh, for me as far as like, all right, you know, here's another setback. And like, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? You want to, because, uh, you know, putting, putting your time and energy towards something like that, you know, it takes a lot. And so it's like, do you really want this or you're not? And uh, so having those two years off, kind of like little little fire in me, kind of, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally. And I just, I decided I wanted, I wanted to do it. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it, give it everything I had. And I knew I had those two years, I had time to make up for I'm getting older and my, you know, everybody only has a certain window to kind of prove what they can do, you know, and get the most out of their body before you start, uh, you know, getting older to the point where your body starts not reacting as well. So I was like, uh, it's basically now or never. And it's like, and I want to do it. So I'm going to do everything I can and uh, basically have like no regrets as far as, you know, the work that I put in, I'm going to know like, okay, if I, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to know that I worked as hard as I could possibly work, you know, to make it happen. And so I'll be able to sleep, you know, put my head on my pillow and sleep well at night 
for the rest of my life, basically knowing that, you know, I did everything I could do to make it happen. So that time off really, really kind of uh, lit that fire, like I said, and uh, just made me want to pursue it, you know, 10 times as hard and prove it to myself, you know, that and if I want to do this, I could do it. So there was, it was a big sense of making up for lost time and kind of proving that, you know, even though I was put, I was a little disappointed be put back in high A, even though that was completely understandable because I hadn't even logged an inning there. The only real innings I had thrown had been in short season before that. So I was like, all right, like wherever I'm put, I'll, uh, you know, I'll accept that assignment and I'm just going to control what I can control and, you know, do my best at whatever, whatever level, whatever team I'm facing, you know? And uh, so it was kind of just staying locked in uh, at whatever level I'd be at and just continuing to do the same things and not uh, try and be a different person uh, when I when I was getting uh, moved up or, or had a good game or a bad game. It was just trying to stay uh, even keel and keep working hard and attacking attacking everybody and just uh, not having any fear on the mound of, of outcomes or this or that or doubting myself. It was, uh, you know, I knew I put the work in, so I had, I had the confidence in that, and it was just a matter of saying, like, here it is, you know, hit it if you can. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. You know, perseverance. You got a lot. It really seems like you got a lot of perseverance in you, which is great. Uh, so throughout your entire professional career, you've come across a lot of players and coaches. Could you talk uh, briefly upon who is the most influential to you or most helpful to you? Uh, yeah, I've had uh... – I've had a lot of a lot of teammates and a lot of coaches that I've been around, especially, you know, being being in a, an extended period and short seasons uh, bouncing around. You know, there's a lot of coaches around the complex during spring training and whatnot. Um, and uh, I, I try and take like a, you know, whatever I can from you know, a bunch of, a bunch of different resources coach, even if it's a hitting coach or, you know, it's not a pitching coach or whoever. It's like, there's a lot of guys that have been around the game, played the game and have a lot to offer different perspectives. And you never know, you know, you know, who might have a little piece of advice or information that could play towards you and like, you know, unlock something in your brain or, or mechanically this or that. So uh, I don't know if there's like one specific person um, as far as coaches go, um, but again, we got, a, we had a lot of, we got a good guys in the system, uh, early on, it was, uh, one of our, my first pitching coach and then later became our coordinator, Jeremy Cardo was a great guy. And, uh, and he, he told me a lot, uh, Royce ring is another guy with us that I worked with a lot. Um, and, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed working with those guys. I had a lot of, uh, uh, rehab, rehab coaches that I worked with that really helped me along the way, gave me great advice, you know, for, uh, you know, how to handle all that and persevere through it, like you were saying before. Uh, and teammates, one of my, some of my closest teammates, uh, like one guy, especially Trey Cobb, who I was going through uh, rehab with at the time in 19, uh, we were kind of together through that whole phase. He's another guy, uh, you know, who has had to persevere through that through COVID, I actually went out to uh, where he lived in Oklahoma. We trained together for two separate months during COVID. And, 
and you know he's he's a good dude he has two little two uh baby girls you know that puts something into perspective for you you know when you're playing uh and you have that responsibility and you're still chasing this dream so he's been uh he's been a rock for me as far as uh as far as that goes and someone I can always turn to and talk with and bounce ideas off of mechanically or just as far as life goes. But, uh, yeah, there's an endless, endless amount of, uh, you know, coaches and players through the org that I've built relationships with and gotten a lot, gotten a lot from. So definitely yeah. blessed, blessed to be around people like that. That's, that's great. I've, uh, I followed Trey for, I mean, I still follow Trey, but he's a very good, he's got a dominant arm, really good, really dominant arm. So, I'm happy that you were able to, you know, find uh, a lot of good qualities in him. Jayan, you want to take uh, the next one? Yeah. So, as you're saying, on top of all like the uh, setbacks you had, obviously 2020 was a new year for everyone, but obviously, especially with sports. So, since there was no minor league season last year, what did you do to kind of stay fresh? Also, at least improve your game from a not in game standpoint, but at least from off the field during. Yeah, it was, it was tough up in, I was up in New York. It's uh, where home is. So we were pretty locked down, especially early on, you know, everybody didn't really know uh, what was going to happen with the virus and the pandemic and everything. So it was kind of up in the air. So for the first like month, we knew we weren't going to be, uh, back down, you know, playing or at the facility or anything. We kind of just had to figure things out. And the first, first throwing would be fine. You know, I had my little brother that I could throw with uh, whenever I needed to, but strength training was really like the concern and not trying to lose weight and lose a step as far as that goes. So we had like a, a pretty modest setup in our basement as far as like some free weights go and whatnot. So, so basically early on, that's where I spent my, most of my time, one of my best friends would come over and we would just be, figuring out different ways to, you know, get our lifts in and, uh, you know, getting creative with it and, uh, and just, uh, you know, trying to do whatever we could do, you know, to keep our, you know, keep our bodies, you know, keep everything sharp, keep our bodies in shape. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of running, a lot of running and, and, uh, lifting what we could. And we didn't have like a ton of weights. So we had to, like I was saying, get creative with it, you know, dragging, dragging, uh, plates up like a, inclined slope with like on a tarp and stuff like that uh just uh figuring out you know you know anything we could do you know just like keep our bodies ready hoping for like because at the time you know we thought we were going to go back within like a month or maybe two months and then just like kept on snowballing until before you knew it the whole year was done for the minor leagues so that's uh it was just yeah a lot of strength training a lot of time time spent uh with family uh a lot of hiking went outdoors like every single day a lot of yard work around the house just making home improvements this and that what we could do because uh at the time you know like most of the places were closed there was a lot of inactivity so so yeah just trying to get creative with every day and you know have like you know a project every day you wanted to get done have the mind focused on something to not going crazy you know, doing nothing like it's Groundhog Day. So, yeah, no, I, I even outside of like baseball, what you just said is so accurate. Like during the pandemic, like just small achievements to like keep your mind straight, especially in a time of uncertainty. Like it can do wonders for you, especially in terms of mental health. You know, during the pandemic, it's tough to, uh, it was tough for some people to get through it. 
that leads into uh, my next question, which is a little bit to do with the, with the mentality, but you know, you've taken a lot of big steps throughout this year in terms of, of t- like physical promotions. And eventually, you know, the ultimate goal is to get to the major leagues. So can you talk about what it's mentally like to prepare to potentially get to the show? Because, you know, it's not, in, it looks like it's not too out of reach. Uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't really know what to really expect going up level to level and how different the competition would change. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a step up every time uh, you're promoted, but it's kind of, you don't really know what you're walking into, like, you know, and then, uh, you know, you get the, you get a little nervous here or there, but the biggest, uh, Mariano Duncan, who's one of the uh, coaches with uh, High A Brooklyn right now, which is where I started out this year. He told me right when I got promoted and they called me to the office, he told me, he's like, he's like, the most important thing is he's like, don't go and try and do anything different than you're doing right now. Be, be you, what you're doing is working. You're getting guys out. So just keep, you know, staying true to yourself and don't try to be anything different. And, uh, and that's, I took that to heart, especially like someone who has uh, experience like he does. And, uh, and when I went up to double A, that's all I tried to do was just attack guys and not, you know, worry about, oh, uh, you know, whatever prospects I was like facing in a certain at bat or this team has these, you know, this amount of guys that hit really well or whatever. I'm not trying to get overwhelmed by, you know, the next, uh, the next matchup or anything like that or the next inning, the next batter. It was just. Uh, keep doing what I'm doing and trying to locate and execute pitches. And, uh, and uh, there's a big emphasis more so now that, you know, jumping from higher level to higher level on really studying your opponents and breaking down, you know, their strengths and weaknesses. We got a lot of information, you know, throughout, you know, the whole minor leagues are, we all have access, you know, to, uh, to a video and guys, hot zones and cold zones and, uh, you know, seeing where they're hit, what their hitters tendencies are basically. And so it's on you pretty much as a pitcher to go and dive into that and, uh, and, st- and study and figure out, you know, the best way to get each guy out. And so, uh, just kind of, uh, putting more emphasis on, on that kind of side of the game on, on preparation. Uh, and, and then, like I was saying before, just like staying true and not trying to do too much and just continue to, uh, attack, and work on things every day, get better and better, but just uh, continue to do what I've been doing and not trying to get outside of, get outside of that. Definitely a very good mindset to have, especially the way you've been moving through the system. But uh, just looking at some of your game logs, obviously a couple one hit outings going seven and eight innings, but you also had a six inning outing. You didn't let up a hit. And I believe that was part of a combined no hitter. So what, what was that experience like? Uh, obviously pretty cool and something special, and I'm not sure if you've experienced a no-hitter like that from a personal perspective, uh, standpoint. Yeah, no, I, the last time I came close was like in, in high school at one point, but uh, but it was pretty cool. I was actually um, – I got taken out of that game because I got hit by a pitch. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, going into the top of the seventh. I was uh, going to square around a bunt against the lefty, and it was like the first time I'd been in the box basically in, in years. <laughs> and and uh, he was just left a fastball arm side, and I didn't even uh, – I thought it was going to come back over the plate. He kind of had like a low slide he was throwing out of, and I just didn't have enough time to get out of the way of it. And it hit me like right in the chest. 
And so, so that's why I had to end up getting taken out of the game. Um, otherwise, who knows what would have happened if I could have, you know, tried to go the distance or, or if it would have, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Uh, the no hitter, I mean, but, uh, it was, it was great, uh, kind of to be a part of, it wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like I like, and the, in the moment it was super exciting, but it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I achieved this crazy goal. Uh, it kind of, uh, you know, just kind of, cause I see like the big, the bigger picture and the end goal is like, obviously higher than that. And I know it's cool in the moment for sure to like, to celebrate, especially with, uh, um, my buddy, Andrew Mitchell, who came in and, and finished it, he threw three no hit innings, uh, to close it out and kind of seal the deal. Uh, it was an awesome moment with him. He's one of my really good friends in the org. I've come up with him, played with him in Brooklyn, would have been with him in high A in 19. Um, but he's someone, some, someone that, uh, like I said, I'm close with, I lo- I've lived with him on, uh, numerous occasions. I live with him now, actually also here in AAA. And, uh, so to be a part of that was awesome. And, and to kind of have a combined one with somebody, you know, you're close with like that. It was, uh, it was an awesome moment, but, but I knew kind of in the back of my head that there's a lot more work to do. And, you know, the goal, like I was saying is, uh, is a lot higher than that. So, so it was a cool moment, but, but, uh, yeah, it was just eyes, eyes still on moving forward and continuing to get better and better. That's great. You know, that's very, very, um, very insightful and in-depth analysis obviously it's an exciting time, you know, hopefully that you can have moments like that and translates over to a bigger, at a bigger stage. So, you know, I, I noticed that, you know, you know, some, some Instagram posts with uh, Tyler McGill. So he's a, you know, fan favorite these days coming off a, a shaky start, but before that he really had a candidate, really had a case to be a candidate for rookie of the year in his uh, nine or 10 starts he's had so far. You talk about your relationship with him and he's um, potentially someone we look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler and uh, me were actually pretty close. Uh, we, when we came up in Brooklyn together in 18, as when I, when I first met him, uh, me, him and another one of our friends, Kyle Wilson, all were really close that year. Um, and we, again, he's another guy we kind of like came up together with. Uh, we had, Obviously, we were together in spring training. We were in instructs together at the end of uh, in the fall of 2020 during COVID, which uh, we were all just happy to be at and having like some semblance of competition and being on a diamond. Um, but yeah, no, he's someone I got really close with. We, you know, we we like to game a lot. We're like have similar, just similar shows. And uh, we just spent a lot of time together because uh, he's super down to earth guy. Uh, and so. Uh, we, you know, we talk all the time. We, we were living together my first week in Binghamton and then he got promoted like literally his, after his next start. Uh, but, uh, what TV yeah, show you guys watch? What's that? You guys watch? Uh, we, uh, all kinds of shows, but he's also like into some anime too. Like we he put me on to, uh, like watching Naruto. Attack, on, so, Titan. Uh, Attack on Titan. What's that? Uh, no, I haven't seen that, uh. But, uh, yeah, a lot of genres we like, you know, we like to, uh, I think we're both guys that like, kind of like to keep, uh, keep everything light and no, like, like joking and just kind of, uh, 
not being not taking everything too seriously and still like enjoy kind of like being a kid like how we feel around the diamond you know we're just we've been we're playing the same game we were playing since uh since we were you know six years old so so it's been uh he, he's just a good guy to be around super lighthearted and uh really funny really funny guy so i've uh i told him i've been chasing him right when he got moved up uh to triple a i was like i was like hey you give, give me like uh give me a couple months, I'll be up there with you or whatever. And sure enough, three weeks later, he was already in the big league. So I've been chasing him this whole year. Uh, but, uh, but now nah, he's a great dude and we're, and we're real close. We talk all the time, but, but to see, to see what he's done, he put a lot of work in uh, over quarantine and uh, coming into instructs. And then he got a big league invite for this, uh, this past spring in 2021. So just like, I'm just super proud, proud of him and happy for him as a, teammate and a friend uh you know to see everything he's accomplished this year you know because he's put the work in and he uh goes about his business business the right way and he's just a good person and so to see him have the success he had it's definitely uh it fills me with joy and something i'm trying to chase myself so it's like just cool to see he was like my first like close friend that made it to the big league so it was uh it was you know kind of like hit, it hits a little different and yeah. uh I'm sure. And he has such a, a such a, a presence on the mound. He's very composed. He's very well put together. He's very serious. I was watching an interview with his parents, like they, they and his brother. They're all very they're all very well put together. And I'm really impressed because, you know, coming to the big leagues, it's it's probably hard to cover up your emotions, but he holds that straight face and he's all business. Meet me six feet, sixty feet, six inches away. Yeah, absolutely. He uh he goes about things the right way and he doesn't ride the roller coaster as far as emotions go. Uh, like, uh, he, you know, through all his successes, he's, you know, he's not, uh, you know, all out talking about it and bragging about it. He's, he's to himself and worried about the next, you know, the next time out and, uh, and just continuing to stay even keeled and stay right here, uh, mentally and emotionally when he's on the bump. So it's just, you know, it's just attack mode for him. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, much phases him you know obviously you can get upset with a rough outing i've talked to him after rough outings and he's like on to the next you know it's all good you know the next uh the next outing is ahead and that's the ne- where the next focus is not never really dwelling on uh on the negative i think that's a that's a good uh part of his personality that he brings into the game is is not uh you know not dwelling on the on those negatives but just like learning from them and just being hungry for the next outing and uh staying in the same mindset and attacking and trusting his stuff and look where he is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Looking at that, um, similar to you, he obviously climbed through the system and now with the big leagues, hopefully you'll be there soon, maybe end of the year, especially if the Mets season keeps going the way they're going, maybe we could see some call-ups. Um, but yeah, it was uh, Josh, thank you again for uh, joining us today. It was really awesome of you to come on and not only come on, but, give us the answers you gave us and just the time just to talk for 30, 40 minutes about baseball and the journey you've had. So thank you again for coming on. Really appreciated it. Benny, any last words from you? Yeah, Josh, it was awesome. This has like been the highlight of uh, the podcast so far having you on. And this was a really, really great conversation. We really appreciate your time and your answers. No problem, guys. I was happy to be here. Thank you uh, for the invitation. And uh, maybe we'll do it again at some point. Of course. Let's go Mets. All right, boys, let's go mess.